is Tom Cruise crazy Just be glad it's him, not you If you had Tom Cruise's troubles You might be Tom Cruise crazy too You'd flash your big white shiny smile You'd buy expensive shoes But you'd be the only man on earth couldn't enjoy Tom Cruise, oh no Hello and welcome back to episode six of the Booze Cruise podcast. Um, as always, Mark's here with me. Hello, hello. And we're I'm so glad to be back. So am episode, right. episode six. And you, lovely listeners, didn't won't have got to hear how fuck how I managed to fuck up the intro at least a couple of times there. But <laughs> oh well. Um, if only we had some sort of I don't know um, extra package where you could see all the uh, the outtakes. Yes. Um, so we have finally managed to escape 1983. Um, yeah. I feel a little bit like those people that escaped Fritzl's basement at this point. In that, <laughs> <laughs> but instead of you know instead of escaping into the uh, the cold harsh light of day and not being horrifically abused, all we've done is skip two years and get to 1985. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel bad actually. I suddenly feel bad that we've like you know we spent so long in 1983. And then we just like disregarding 1984. I mean, why Tom Cruise did you not release a film in 1984? Yeah. Now I'm going to find out what the fucking number one was at some point. Well, lazy, wasn't he? <laughs> lazy, not doing a film in 1984. Luckily, because we're in a different year, we're back to <laughs> having a few facts. Um, I must admit, I haven't got loads. I've got the main one, which is how much a pint costs in the UK. Ah, oh, see, this is how long it's been. I've fucking forgotten what you actually do on this podcast. <laughs> exactly. I bring I bring that one fact, if nothing else. Um, so the key thing. Um, so we've got to 1985. We'd be looking at the film Legend, which is a little bit of a change of pace, I would say, from the other films we've seen. <laughs> I would say that is that is accurate. Yep. Um, but the key thing, it was 77p a pint. 77p. Okay, now I could get absolutely. I could get a smash for under eight pound. I get smashed for <laughs> a fiver on that. You know, yeah. talk about going back to my survivor for a fiver. Well, you do spend it in nineteen eighty five on pints, and I'll get oh. absolutely fucked. But you could also probably get a. So if you had a tenner, you could probably get five pints or or more. Yes. And put a deposit on a house. <laughs> and a nice shiny engagement ring for your betrothed. Yeah, and still have money left over. Fucking boomers. Um, <laughs> so th- yeah, those are the key things. Um, as always, I've got the. So obviously, Legend came out in 1985. It did. Um, the number ones. So what? I know that there was a bit of a, a staggered release in terms of um, its release in the UK. And it's yeah. released in the US. So I think in the US it actually came out in 1986. Ooh. Um, where it, in the UK it came out first uh, in late 85. Yeah, I was going by the 85 date. I didn't realise yeah, it came yeah, out too. in the UK first. Yes. Why Because um, we fucking love unicorns. Um, because we, we have an affinity and love for the unicorn. And also it's uh, directed by Ridley Scott, so he's British. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a good point. Um, so the UK number one is a bit of a banger. Mm-hmm. Um, Whitney Houston, Ooh. saving all my love for you. Oh, classic, classic, so cold. But the US number one was Broken Wings by Mister Mister. 
Come here and I'll tell you about it. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I, I must admit, I didn't bother listening to it. I just assumed it was the original version of the Take These Broken Wings. Oh, I see. Yeah, that's got to be. Sure. That one. I can't think yeah. of another song that's called Broken Wings that would have come out that's, that's in the point. 80s. So I'm assuming it's that. Not a huge amount of interesting stuff happened in, in 85. The, the middle, the mid 80s, as in the yeah. exact mid 80s. No social political commentary for you about what, where the world was. Uh, nothing I really care about at that point, really. Uh, I mean, what was um, what was MC Hammer doing at this time? Do we know? Asking people not to touch him. That's no, possibly possibly true. Possibly true. We're here to talk about the legend. That is legend. Um, as we, I was discussing earlier when we were off air, uh, which is always a good thing to do when you're recording a podcast, get the really good stuff when you're not recording stuff. This marks the sort of the end of the films where I've, where we've both not come into these fresh, essentially. Um, as you know, you've seen hardly any films, which is just weird. I've seen uh, lots of Nicholas Cage. Seen films. lots of things. None of them that, that a lot, none of the ones that start Tom Cruise. Um, whereas I've pretty much seen all of these films, but as it turned out, not the first five that he did. <laughs> Other than Taps, I had seen Taps, but. The, the other ones I hadn't seen. So, but this is the first one I I have definitely seen this probably three or four times over many many years. So I'm coming to this as a as a, almost like a point of nostalgia, uh, good or bad, we'll get into. Uh, and you're coming with with these fresh fresh new eyes, you sweet summer child of Tom Cruise films. Um, so he's going to give us both quite a different perspective on uh, on the work, what this film is. So it should be interesting, to say the least. But should we? Do you want to delve into some some factoids? Yes. Do the, the the skinny on Legend from 1985, as I've already mentioned, directed by some would say the great Ridley Scott. I was myself would say used to be great Ridley Scott, but that's a whole other long podcast conversation. <laughs> so Ridley Scott at this point in his career. So obviously we all know Ridley Scott is massively famous uh, director. Came from you know from his own production company came out of the uh, 80s doing like adverts and things like that but yeah uh, obviously his but at this point this is his fourth film uh, and at this point he is most well known for obviously alien which is the thing that launched him onto the scene obviously absolutely stone cold fucking classic horror house uh haunted house in space alien movie yeah um He'd also done The Duelists, which is also well regarded. The seminal Blade Runner, which is one of my all-time favorite films, absolutely, again, but not a massive flop on its uh, release, but is now regarded as an all-time cult classic. Um, and then his film, next film, was Legend. A departure for the lead actor, Thomas Cruise. Uh, Big time. Jack, our little, um, what, would, what, what would we describe him as? Some sort of It's like a weird... Woodland- like Wooden a little, boy. <laughs> I've got him, I've I think of him sort of as a kind of Mowgli character. <laughs> a kind of like a um weird little jungle boy. boy. Yeah, but he's, he's, he's more imp. Well actually I could jump straight to one of the uh, one of the little um cruise crew tops in terms of what we think of. So uh, it is widely regarded that this film and Tom Cruise's character is the inspiration for Link, as in from the Zelda games. Yeah, I could yeah. sort of see. So the, yeah, the, the, the creator of um, The Legend of Zelda, 
it has, as been started to say, like he, one of I would say was, that Link is a lot more badass than. Oh, one hundred percent. But you can kind of see like the aesthetic wise. Yeah, yeah, uh, I can sort of where, see where that. that would come from. Uh, the other main, um, or the second lead, Mia Sara playing Lily, who you may, do you know, do you spot where she? You might have also seen her from another eighties Stone Cold classic. Oh, she's seen them. Um, yeah, Ferris Bueller. Yes, they thank you yes. very much. Well done. Impress. <laughs> when Only had, because oh, I've actually I actually watched that fairly recently for the first uh, time ever. Yes, she obviously plays uh, Ferris Bueller's girlfriend mm. in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Um, she is also uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme's wife in Time Cop. Uh, I've not seen that. You've not missed a lot, to be honest. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean it is... It's decent Van Damage. Um, and she's also Harley Quinn in the very short-lived Birds of Prey TV show from 2002. Okay. But again, another one of those actresses who's been in like two sort of big 80s, sort of known 80s things and then like disappeared without a trace. Yeah. Not without a trace, but was never yeah. going to hit these heights again. Um, and then obviously the other main cast member is the legend that is Tim Curry. Amazing. Um, although, uh, although you would never know. Exactly. Almost unrecognisable yeah. uh, in his guise as darkness. Um, obviously, you know, Tim Curry, the list of credits just goes on and on. Uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show, Clue, The Hunt for October, Anything with Sean Curry, it's always going to get there. And obviously, I think, uh, scarring the, the minds and dreams of many a child, uh, playing Pennywise the Clown in the TV uh, miniseries adaption of King, uh, Stephen King's It. Oh, is it? Scared the shit out of me. You also forgot the fact he's in uh, The Muppets. <laughs> I mean, his list of uh, film credits, uh, film and TV credits, is, is uh, as long as it gets. So he's, I, I he's spent days talking about all the shit. Yeah, he, he's, like, so he's, made a, well. he's made a decent living out of it, I would say. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't put things like Congo on my list, but maybe yeah. I should have done because Congo is <laughs> also pretty great. But like, I must find the lost city of Zinge is the <laughs> a good approximation of what his um uh like like the, the voice work he's done in like animation stuff. He's done Batman, Rugrats, Scooby Doo, Johnny Bravo, Samurai Jack, just to name a few. I mean, the list, like I say, is fucking endless. You go if anyone wants to look at his IMDb oh. page. He, he was in. On on. He was in Fern Gully as well, the last rainforest. That's an amazing animated film. Still, <laughs> yes. still very poignant Again, today. Also with uh, with 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 fairies and the like. Yes, it's very it's similar. The um, in terms of the, the the score of this film, this film gets a little bit interesting, right? So the film has two scores. Right. One that was for the UK release, which is I'm assuming did you uh, which. I watched uh, it on. I watched watch it on Amazon. I think I watched Amazon it Prime. Yeah, so you saw. We saw that. That is the the original UK. Ah, so one with Tangerine Dream. No, that's the one with Jerry. Oh, that's it. Yep. Yeah, sorry. Yep. Yeah. The US version, which is about five minutes shorter, it has a score by Tangerine Dream, and is generally regarded as a pile of shit. <laughs> that's quite interesting. Why would? Because I was going to say it, it's five minutes shorter. But so the one we watched is the the normal length one. Yes, the, the which, one we which the felt which, which felt quite short and heavily cut in itself. Yes. So 
there is, um, again, another cruise crouton about the film. The version that is most well regarded is the director's cut, yeah. which is 113 minutes long. Which even is... Wait, see, so even though the the, the, the the European cut is is still like seen as as, as okay, uh, Tom Cruise himself has completely disowned the US version with the Tangerine Dream Store, and so it's terrible. Uh, won't even acknowledge its existence, and is uh, only happy with it, with the director's cut. So why? So why did? So what? What? I wonder. Oh, we'll have to find out. So for our next I mean, episode, we give we'll do a callback to this because I want to. I'm going to go away and find out what was cut from it. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of I looked a bit there, there are, and there's also about three different endings to it as well. Oh, is it? Yeah, I can see I mean, that. I can imagine they that. The they don't vastly change a lot. They they are. Um, I think the main change uh, is in the extended cut that Jack and Lily don't end up together. They both decide that they're they they're, they're better off. They're from two different worlds, kind of thing, and they they, they shouldn't be together. Right. Not to spoil the film for anyone listening because we've not even got there yet. But <laughs> yeah, so they, they, it's, it's interesting to basically be when they, you know, really sort of reasonable intention of what this film was going to be sort of got butted against the studio, especially when they came to the US release. So, like, we don't want this sort of, we, we were, because Tangerine Dream has been successful and they wanted that and more of like a, for some reason, a soft rock kind of score. God knows why that would uh, be a thing. Um, and maybe because they'd already done Risky Business, which is a big uh, Tom Cruise hit that we've already gone over. Um, so they re-recorded it, and it had, like, apparently there's quite a few music videos, Tangerine Dream music videos, uh, that were part of a promo release in the US. Uh, suffice it to say that even with all these these tinkerings, both in the UK and uh, Europe, rather, and in the US, uh, the film was not a success. Uh, budgeted at... $24.5 million uh, and taking only $23.5 million worldwide. Ooh. So, yeah, swing and a miss. Uh, so I'm surprised that the crew, I mean, yeah, cause I thought he didn't do another fantasy film for quite some time. We'll get say. into it as it goes, but I thought it was fairly all right. No, I, yeah. It, I've seen far worse fantasy films. Yes, one hundred percent. And I, I, it does. I wasn't because I did kind of look around for it, but I was like uh, interested in. I would like to see the director's cut, but not yeah. so interested that I'd pay to see it. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, if it's on a streaming platform, I'll be like, yeah, I'll watch that. But I'm not paying good money to to watch it. I'll just more, you know, more curiosity more than yeah. anything else. I, I, I should have. Oh, I should have gone back and done it. I should next time. I will find a US Hotel. version. I will find the US version and watch that as yeah, well. Yeah, because I mean, it's a good one. Like, see how shit the, the the soundtrack is for that. See how it's different like, the score almost, is. Almost what twenty five minutes of extra footage. Because uh, I mean, what I did notice, what, one of the major things I did notice is that, that the editing is erratic, to say. Yeah, the yeah, no, it is. <laughs> it just it seems to go. It seems to um, move at a faster pace than it seems to want to. Yeah. I, I think the original intention, I mean, obviously, you can tell stylistically from it, it is uh, very much a take on sort of like grim fairy tales, that yeah. kind of, yeah. uh, that side of the things. And, and it's an original story, and, you know, developed by Billy uh, Scott and uh, the other writers. And it was the intention to make this grand, epic, uh, you know, modern day fairy tale of like grim fairy tale. And the, the pushback from the studios was like, American audiences don't want that, they want this, and they cut it to shreds. 
not to shreds, but there was definitely a lot that was uh, exercised even before it got into the filming stage. Yeah, it would have been, um, you would imagine the original one would have been nearly 120, yeah, I mean, 130 minutes or something like that. You would have in thought. terms of the, the, the reviews as well, it hits about 38% of my eyes. It's pretty much the definition of a um, of, of a cult hit because it is it's one of those films that I, you know, especially when I was a kid, like, you know, you knew about and you know, sort of my parents were like, oh, yeah, you'll, you know, you'll watch that. Watch it. Watch this. Yeah, but it wasn't like a, a big hit. For me, it, I see it. If I'd have seen this as a kid, I would, I would have probably held it in a similar regard to things like Willow or, yeah, you know that sort of. Oh, and it has that way because like, it's, it's hard to tell because it's obviously this from nine eight five, but where this was pitched, as in what audience it was pitched to, because it's a little bit too dark. It, it, but it's in that kind of, I think it's more yeah. in that kind of style. Like it's like a kids film, but. A dark, horrible, nasty kids film was it's the eighties, and that's what they did in the eighties. Which will yeah. highlight, you know, all the best eighties kids films are dark and disturbing in some shape or form. Yeah, yeah. But I yeah. think this pushes a look in terms of the effects and stuff, which aren't really good. Uh, but maybe this is just me remembering. But I, uh, I remember being freaked out by the the goblins and the, the creature effects because they're all very slimy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. So they, they, I, as, a, as a kid, I'm like, I, I don't like it. I don't like it. It's, it's all slabby goblins. I don't like it. Turn it off, man. Turn it off. Uh, so, yeah. Anyway, other cruise croutons. I have some a couple of interesting little tidbits. Um, cruise croutons in the soup of his life. Uh, other people considered for the role of Jack. Uh, Johnny Depp. I can see that. You know, yeah. that sort of time they create. Yeah, young Johnny Depp. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. Ooh. Like, if you... Obviously, oh, I don't know, obviously. If yeah, I could if, you've seen, if you've seen Weird Science... Yeah. You, you would also spy a, a very young uh, Robert Downey Jr. in that as well. As yeah. As, like, the, um, the, the the bad boyfriends who... Yeah, uh, yeah. The, girl, the girls there afterwards. So, he's probably a bit young at that time for that. But And the other weird one, because I was like... Because in my head, he appeared with a particular film... That was Jim Carrey. <laughs> it would have definitely been a little bit different with Jim Carrey. Uh, the, the only thing that I could think of that he would have been in at that time would be um, the like the, the women are from Mar- the alien one where women are from Mars or something. Oh yeah, I, I tell you what, if 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 you weren't going to cast Tim Curry as the Dark Lord, yeah, Tim. Um, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey would be. It would have been. That would be yeah. I mean like. Ace Ventura level Jim Carrey as Darkness would have been something yeah. to, to behold, I think. Um, even probably even then, because he obviously already, always had the comedy chops. Mm. Uh, the other weird one, um, at about halfway through the film, we have a, uh, an introduction to a character called the Hag, which I'm sure you is, yeah. uh, is you know, an obscene creation of like monster slimy swamp thing. Um, oh, yeah. That is played by an actor called Robert Picardo. Uh, who you may or may not know is the uh, the EMH or the Emergency Medical Hologram Star Trek Voyager. <laughs> I, I'm I'm not a big Star Trek person. I but I well to any of our listeners who are Star Trek fans, I'm sure you'll find that exceptionally interesting. <laughs> um, I've always obviously said that it's widely reported to be the inspiration for the Legend of Zelda series. Um, <laughs> the other one, the the main uh, goblin. Blix, who is uh, pretty much the one that you see as the film opens. Uh, can you guess 
uh, what his face because he's got quite an interesting face, like a big sort of prosthetic yeah. um, visage. Do you, can you guess who he was based on? Go on, go on, hit me with it. His face is based on uh, the Rolling Stones' Keith Richards. <laughs> <laughs> I can sort of like, see it. He, he, yeah. His face, his horrific visage is is inspired. I can sort of um, see that. By by, but you know, it's one of those things. As soon as it gets mentioned, you're like, "Yep, yep, I can see that." Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, he he is a mixture of Jack Sparrow and Blix the Goblin. It's like, it's, yeah. that's who what makes up Keith Richards. Uh, I can absolutely see that. Um, so yeah, that that is that's all that's all I have in terms of. I say all I have. That was a, a whole a very full soup of uh, interesting factoids about this this film. So we uh, get into the nitty gritty then. Should we deep dive into so, this? Yeah. So tell tell, tell me what is what is what is this film about? What happens? Well, we start off with quite a. a sort of a standard sort of fantasy intro with sort of setting the scene uh, of this sort of funky looking woods, a bit spooky. You've got a big bear randomly in one yeah. of the early shots. Yeah, because I think I, a lot of this was filmed, it was, it was filmed obviously in the UK. Or... Oh, Pinewood. Pinewood, thank you. Yeah, it shot at Pinewood. And I think they, they, the outdoor scenes were actually shot in an actual wood. Which uh. was, so, so they, they so obviously a lot of it was shot yeah, on, on studio lot, but yeah. they had these uh, these massive woodland areas outside where they shot some of the uh, the outside shots. Yeah, uh, which I'm assuming is, is that those opening shots because you've got like actual proper wood. I was like, oh, it looks like an actual proper wood. Yeah, that's nice. Um, but so it starts with it sort of a spooky woods and sort of moves through the woods, and then at which point I wasn't sure if the tree was talking, but then you actually realise that it's the Lord of Darkness. Yes. But they, they build up the mystique around him for quite a while because you hear him speaking without seeing him for yes, quite the, a long time into the film. You do wear a long time. and uh, Seeing his know, costume, it's probably a good reason. <laughs> well, personally, me, I, again, this is where uh, our differing opinions given my nostalgia for it. My, uh, I think the, his introduction, what, sort of almost two-thirds into the film, really, or at least yeah. halfway through, uh, is possibly the highlight of the entire film. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> and if you were, we will go on to obviously his his uh, his costume and makeup effects, but I think they're fantastic. Um, <laughs> and, like as a, as a kid, as a, that's burned into my brain what that <laughs> looks like. Stuff. But yeah, they 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 keep him hidden. Um, yeah, um, and and pretty much he outlines the plot for the film for us pretty well. He's, he basically yeah, goes, yeah. explains how he's got, done. he explains how he's got a big hard on for the for the dark. Doesn't really like. Can't go in the sun. Hates the dark. Goblin explains uh, there's unicorns. Keith Richards' goblin. Yep. Tells him that there's unicorns and he needs them both dead and their horns so he can make permanent darkness. So basically he can make it all dark and just go around and do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah, he's not really specific about what he wants to do. Um, He likes going for long walks or something, but it's... uh, Really, really likes the dark. An eternal eternal night. They also get him like... The uh, first this... example of um, what he does throughout this film, which is obviously an artistic choice by by Scott, is the the alteration of the voices of, of certain characters yeah. to make them sound more, I don't know, fairy taling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe fairy taling. Um, which I don't think it always works. 
And when I say not always, I mean doesn't. Fucking uh, goblins, fucking ugly bastards, aren't they? The they fucking made... goblins? Well, they, well, they, well, did I miss well, that it... bit? Is that in the? Did you see the extent of that? Is it just <laughs> yeah. mostly goblins? Or... There's some goblins sort of bashing away. No, but they're ugly <laughs> bastards. Like they've gone extra mile to making them look. Yeah, I mean, like say, disgusting. They, like they, they're they're vile, they? and but and they're all like you know, it's like they they took these horrible prosthetics and they were like. What should we do? Like smother them in Vaseline or something? They, yeah, I would like, go down. I would say almost like in in Lord of the Rings when you first see the Urukai being made out of the yes, and they're sliming being given birth out of the land, yeah. and you just look at them and they, you're like, Ugh. that's how I like felt that. seeing those goblins, like they're just like slimy all, all the time. Yep. Yeah. Um, but so you, you get a big glimpse into the darks, into the darkness, and how the Lord of Darkness is of like. Not just he's dark, he wants to make it dark. Everything about him and all his minions is dark. Um, and they explains his hard-on for the unicorns. And then, <laughs> then we're introduced to the light side of things with the skipping... The other we- side of the coin, as it were. The skipping weak men singing with the birds in the sunshine. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's- big, big, big... Wizard of Oz slash Narnia vibes at this point for me. Oh yeah, I mean he he does play a broad. I mean what I, I do quite like with with uh, typically of of Ridley Scott's films is like he's so like into the detail. Like if if there's anything that's on screen, like or like anything that's in like the background of any scene, it will be a workable object. It won't be a, like a, just like a prop. Uh, yeah. It will be something that it, it, like if, if you see a clock in the background, it's not just like a box that looks like a clock it'll be a working clock. It's like every single thing yeah. is actually usable. So it gives it a lot of really sort of rich detail. It, it, like the scene, it's like every scene, you, you can look at any part, part of the screen and go, there is something to look at, there's something happening. So yeah, yeah. That is always a plus point. But I think uh, that's one of the, I was I had thought through this that, although it was, I enjoyed this and I thought it was, there was some key bits of it that were really interesting. But I think it probably translated to, translates better on the big screen. Because your eyes can yeah. see more yeah, of it, exactly. whereas yeah, seeing what you're on a TV screen, obviously, most of us have got fairly big screens now, but it's not the same as seeing it on a huge cinema screen where your eyes would catch all these different bits and bobs. I yeah, think. I mean, I would say that there is a flip side to that, which, especially when we get into some of the later scenes, this is a very busy film on screen. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like I mean, we get to a point where it is, uh, you know which we'll get to soon, where it is snowing all the time, and it gets really almost unbearable. The amount of, like, wind and snow effects, the screen is just constantly, like, constantly, constantly full of stuff. And to the point where, when when they finally went inside, I was like, oh, thank fuck, I can't deal with those sound effects and that fucking snow going all across the screen. Yeah, I've got... It is a bit like a baby sensory lesson. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> um, I've got, there's quite a lot of sensory things going on there, which we'll get to as it moves on. But um, so obviously, we've seen the skipping men singing and everything. Um, we're joined by Princess Lily at this point, although we don't know she's a princess at the beginning. No. Um, she and she goes into this like random sort of forest house with some old wench. The first thing I noticed is the funky clock, the old uh, funky clock that worked in work. And then we sort of realise a bit more into her visit that she is a princess um, and she's sort of, um, it's sort of building her character out in that she's a princess, but she likes visiting the sort of the poor people and feels more at home with them than locked up in her palace. 
and how wet she is for magic. Sorry, everybody, I was just making another drink, but did I hear you just say how wet she is for magic? Yep. Yep, that's what I thought. Yep, <laughs> it's true. She is a bit wet for magic, which leads us to say um, her interest and hence introduction of uh, our Peter Pan version of Tom Cruise. Oh, Jack, weird Old Jack. Jack. Um, um, and then you've got the, um, I like this bit, because you're sort of introduced to Jack, but they've used a good sort of um, filming technique so you can tell he's being watched. Yes. They use that classic sort of camera angle that's almost, that sort of shows a branch of the tree hanging yeah, over. Exactly. So you know he's being watched. You, you get the sense that they're, they're being watched by the goblins. Uh, yeah. Uh, basically, they're on the hunt for the, for the unicorns. Yeah, um, we also discover at this point, obviously, that when when obviously it initially alludes to them being um, being followed by the goblins, and then you get to see a few shots of the goblins and realise that they only talk in rhyme. It's <laughs> fucking amazing. Yes, That's... yeah, but uh, amazing or annoying? No, I love it. I'm all in. <laughs> I, I was worried for a minute that they were going to burst into song when I felt, when I realised, oh, they're rhyming. Oh, no. And then they didn't go into song when I was like, phew. It could, yeah, maybe, maybe in the extended version, it is a bit like Hamilton and they just like bust out into rap yeah. about, you know, fairies and shit and unicorns. Um, um, also, yeah. <laughs> we also noticed that this is, um, this was obviously filmed quite early. Um, possibly before some of the other films we've seen that were released in 83. Because I'm thinking at this point that he's pre-tooth op, Tom Cruise, when you see his teeth. Oh, I see. I didn't Unless they, uh, yeah. Unless they've deliberately made them look a bit <laughs> wanky because he's like yeah. some weird because, uh, forest Because Magical kid. Forest Boys can't have... Toothbrushes. Um, like toothbrushes or straight teeth. Well, I don't know. He's definitely like didn't fact, have straight teeth at this point. I like the fact that um, he's also got like a, like a massive ponytail but yeah, the way yeah. the film is shot is like, you know, you see it in the opening and pretty much never see it again. Yeah, it's, like, yeah, it's really weird. Like, why did you give him this massive ponytail and then like, it's never seen it again? But, and the more we see of Jack, the more we sort of see this sort of childlike innocence of him. He's like amazed by the big shiny thing that they see when they're walking around. He's like, ooh, shiny things. Even though he's, you know, Cruz is, is fine, that he possibly was too, he's not even he's too old. He just, he just you, you want someone that is a bit more, Boyish, essentially, to, to play the role, you would think like, more like. He I mean, just seems that like he would have it would have suited someone who looked a bit younger than, than Cruz. Yeah, than Cruz. although Cruz he's got the right height Cruz. for it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's true. He's got a slight impish size about. But him. Yeah, he, he doesn't have like the the sort of like the elfish impish sort of quality. Really, he just looks like Tom. No, Cruise. maybe Tom... it's because it's Tom Cruise. You got to look at his going, Well, that's Tom Cruise. So it's. It, doesn't really um yeah i suppose like uh, watching it now compared to back then it would have just been an actor that yeah because might, he, he, not... this is him on the on, on the cusp of, of starting essentially still yeah we start lining up the storyline in the fact that obviously lily's expressed how much she loves magic so jack's like i know She's something like, okay. i know something magic let's go and show you the magic thing which at which point you know they've been watched by the by the goblins, he's going to attack to see the the unicorn. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to go very well, but it's still quite early in the, in the film at this point. I'm thinking it's quite early for a key plot point like that to happen. Yeah, but they, they get right to it like, straight um, in. So we, we get taken to you know the secret unicorn grove or wherever the fuck. Yeah, they are. he's quite. Um, um, no, he does blindfold her though. He does. Um, and then once he takes that off, and she's like, oh. 
I'm going to go and touch it. He's like, don't touch it. What was your, what was your opinions on, on our introduction? Our lovely slow-mo introduction to our, our pair of you. I quite liked it. Did you, did you find the, the horn a bit wobbly? No, no, I didn't. I, you got, you got. I think we've. I'm quite good with fancy films. I, I think you can. You have to leave a little bit of a thinking behind at the door, don't you? True. You need to not look into it too deep because it, so otherwise you would you, just pick millions of holes in it. Because like, oh yeah, one hundred percent. But okay, so uh, what do unicorns sound like? Now, they sound <laughs> like whales. They do. They do. Or dol- <laughs> a cross between whales and dolphins. Well, yeah, exactly. Which I thought, which again, I don't know, probably that just sort of a music thing. To maybe, they've, <laughs> maybe they've got blowholes. Who knows? <laughs> maybe that's what their horns are. Tiny mm. little blowholes. It's like a flute. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Lily obviously tries to like get their attention and strokes it. Is, but she yeah, also starts, but she also sings to it. She does. Yeah. Again, I've never you're... seen an animal for the first time and gone, Oh, elephant! Like, <laughs> what, what is that all about? Like, I've never yeah, seen. Th- these are unicorns. I'm sure if you actually saw a unicorn, you would feel compelled to sing. To I it. don't know. I think a unicorn. Well, okay, what would but you if... sing to a unicorn if you had to do the first time? Oh. Would you um, like, go like? I'd go mouth tea, horny, horny, horny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's the obvious choice, I, isn't it? Tom Jones, sex bomb, maybe. <laughs> um. <laughs> actually, we all Tom Jones out. And, no, uh, but we, we were talking about talking about animals, right? Mythical animals. Yes. And if someone was to tell me that uh, a horse with a horn in its head wasn't real, but a tiger-striped animal that's got a really like a ten-foot-long neck was real, I wouldn't believe them. What, what you're what you're describing seems to be a cross between a tiger and a giraffe because yeah, well, giraffe stripes. They do. <laughs> Giraffes have stripes. They're more spotted than stripes. They're more. Like, it's more, yeah, it's not really strange. But uh, a unicorn I, is no, more, I, I, but I, I, a more believable animal than a than. And you also got like the, the, so the, the horses with the horns are real, but the dolphins with the horns they're real. Yeah, like, exactly. Okay. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. I reckon they probably were real, and everyone just killed them and ate them or something. Yeah, we probably they, they probably tasted really really good. Mm. Like yeah, puffin. Yeah. Well, I was eating, when they were eating their dodos with a, a side order of unicorn. Uh, that's that's what really happened to him, <laughs> and that's where all that's where all the flutes came from because they're all unicorn horns. Yep. So she uh, touches the the unicorn, which is forbidden. Yeah. She touched him here and then here. <laughs> and then <laughs> then, then the, a long courtroom scene with the unicorn chinas or unicorn doll where <laughs> Princess Lily touched him. <laughs> In the, she touched me here and here. Did, and you, touch, in, did and she in, touch you in your magical place? Yes. <laughs> right in the blowhole. <laughs> <laughs> and then the goblins came and they touched me as well. Yeah. Because you know, to segue from the, this horrific subplot, uh, you then have obviously the goblins um, use this moment where they're they're distracted by the princess Lily singing and touching them. Yeah, uh, it's, 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 that's you know it's, that's tarnished in my brain now forever. Um, <laughs> they get blow darted. Well, little, no, at least one of them gets blow darted. Yeah, yeah, just the one. Uh, so they, um, but they don't realize at the time, do they? They 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 think they they've just been startled by the fact. Yeah, that just spooked off by being touched. She's been touched up by a uh, by a princess. Off they run. Um, the goblins catch up with him, and obviously start. This is when it all starts to, in, in terms of like. Editing choices and shit. 
it always a bit sort of wibbly wobbly. Yeah, lots because of slow-mo. because obviously it runs off after being blow darted. Um, she's very much like all turned on by it all, and's like, she "Marry me, it. kiss right. me." I, I didn't realize at the time how wet she is for magic, but she's she is. She is. As soon as she sees the unicorn, she's like, "Marry me, kiss me." Yeah, that is true. It's like I do me so by the I river. Am. I touch yeah. the unicorn. Now let's go and do me on a rock. Yeah, exactly what happens. Um, yeah, so he wants to kiss him and marry her. But instead of just saying, like, I like you, you like me, you've just done something awesome by showing me a unicorn, let's get it yeah, on. Not you. She's like, she's like, okay, if you want to be with me, I like you, go get my ring. And just chucks it in a fucking like, lake. Hi, Matt. Yeah, that would put me off straight yeah. away. Big cock teams. She was like, <laughs> she's like, that's. I, I don't think that she thought he was actually going to do it because of the way that she reacts as he jumps off from this quite high uh, precipice into the lake. She's like, Jack, what the fuck? You know, like, it wasn't something that she was expecting to do. So I was like, yeah, she didn't think Forest Boy was going to do it, but he's it's, obviously... It's quite a big risk because she openly says in a true sort of fairy tale style, whoever finds it, I will marry, which... She was hoping for the unicorn. She was hoping that it would just like go straight over its horn. The unicorn's going to uh, come out with it, yeah, on its horn. <laughs> oh, she, she is went for magic and the unicorns. All the things that he could do with that horn, she's thinking. Um, <laughs> well, it's magic. <laughs> so while he's having a little uh, swim around looking for this ring, um, unicorns are in trouble. Yeah. At least one of them is. So, yeah, so the unicorns start going after the horn, at which point it starts getting all cold and wet. She's crying and screaming. Essentially, well, you know, as soon as the uh, the horn is uh, removed from the unicorn, the the, uh, the male unicorn, and, and killed, uh, it doesn't create a turn of light, but it, makes, it, it turns everything into winter. Classic uh, Narnia at this point. This is when they realise one of the largest bits of their budget was probably spent on the snow machine, because <laughs> they really go for it. With the uh, the snow effect, as I've already mentioned, it's just like constant big old fans blowing loads of fake snow around across the screen. And, you go. and our boy Jack can hold his breath for a long time. Yes, because he gets a little bit stuck because the, uh, the 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 lake ices over immediately. At which point, I can sort of see Lily's experiment now, throwing a ring in there to see how long he can hold his breath. <laughs> uh, but he eventually, after a lot of struggling and panic, her screaming, him breaking through. Her screaming, him trying to swim up, he breaks through the ice and uh, gives his best um, shout of Lily in a sort of Adrian style from Rocky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is uh, straining the vocal cords as he goes. Yeah. At which point, it's all snow. Even more Narnia vibes at this point. I was half expecting the Snow Queen to come past on her sled and try and yeah. give some... Turkish delight or some other horrible yeah, dessert or something. Yeah. Um, but they've obviously, through all this confusion of uh, mostly uh, snow effects, uh, got separated from each other, lost. Yep. Uh, and she she runs off back to uh, the, the peasant's house. Yep. To find that everyone's... Again, it's the first time where it gets a little bit, you know, not a little bit dark, but uh, properly dark because you... Oh, so the it's baby. Been, it's been general, yeah, exactly. It's been general fairy tale dark, and they go, oh, no, everyone's frozen to death, including the infant child in the crib is a frozen little uh, 
and I didn't understand what? why she's not frozen if everyone else was frozen and she's out That's in the true. snow. Why is she not? That's because she is dripping with uh, with magic, covered in it. And then we're finally introduced to the Gumps. Gumpy, yes, Gump. The Gumps. Which is, which is you know, a description would be. Um, uh, an odd-looking child in leaf pants with an overdone voice of an old. Yeah, very much like the children of the forest in Game of Thrones. Yes, again, very similar inspiration. But and I mean, it uh, it doesn't work because the ch- the, the child is a weird-looking kid. Yeah. So kind but of... we, at this point, we also get another cameo in the film. I don't know if you spotted it. No, maybe not. Um, the West Ham fans appear. What? All the bubbles start coming. You see, like millions of people playing <laughs> bubbles. I did make a note. It's like, because like, Scott is obsessed with like filling the screen with detail. So at this point, we've had uh, dust, feathers, snow, and then, like, and now bubbles. Well, bubbles was like, I didn't expect bubbles. Bubbles was a, was a bit of a weird one. It was a weird one. I was just, I was just like, where's all the bubbles? The West Ham fans are in the house. <laughs> And you, well, you get this this whole sequence where, like, um, they you know they Jack has, has fallen asleep in the snow, and this is how we get introduced to to companies that were assortment of uh, of dwarves, yeah, uh, and fairies, and but it gives him a challenge to because they can see what because he it obviously tells him that he's that he broke the what the the yeah. forest boy code or <laughs> I could by showing Lily the uh, uh, you know. They had to touch up some unicorns. He's, he's he's in a bit of trouble. Um, so he gets given like an essentially piss easy <laughs> riddle to uh, to solve, uh, which he does, uh, um, and then, he then goes mental. <laughs> goes mental. Full on childhood tantrum, like because yeah. I wasn't <laughs> sure if he was having some kind of fit or something, like. Or he was just going to disappear or blow up or something from it, and then he just. <laughs> but uh, all I keep thinking was, well, well, is, is you know, didn't take me out of it as such. But I'm like, in terms of the performance, the, the kid really goes for it. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> I'm never going to get on screen again. Fucking, let's make people remember. Uh, and then like, switches really quickly to being like, okay, we're all fine. Yeah, you are. <laughs> no, you are now champ. You are a champion. We need yeah. a champ. We need a champion. We need this. It's going to be you. Cause... This is kind of when it starts to feel like the film's been chopped up a bit because it starts to get really quick and get, it's like, yeah. it's like, okay, oh, oh, unicorns, you've lost your horn, it's eternal winter. By the way, Jack, you're now a champion. Let's get you some armor. Let's go get some stuff. It's like, it, it starts working on yeah. quite a pace. Yeah, because they sort of say you're going to be a champion. Oh no, but before then, Tom searches for about 30 seconds and finds the unicorns. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, that we must strange. now find the unicorns. Oh, there they are. There's one it's over like, there. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> uh, at which point, I'm not sure if one's dead. Yeah. Or just very ill. No, I think at this point the uh, the, the male is dead and the and the mare is very uh, angry, very angry, angry unicorn. And what noise yeah. would an angry unicorn make, Mark? Huh? What noise would an angry unicorn make? Do you think? Uh, like like a distressed whale, or, <laughs> or would it make a noise like like Uni, the mm. only other unicorn I know, <laughs> which sounds a lot like. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so obviously he's now the champion. And he's weapons and stuff. So they take him to this the cave of wonder. 
Welcome to my cave of wonder. Um, Which takes is really fucking easy to get to. Well, they, they yeah, they they uh, it doesn't because I was expecting because I could you know my because it's been a long time since I've seen it, so my memories of how things played out are all kind of like snapshots. And I was like, oh yeah, they have to go and get like the, the magical armor and stuff. Um, but it doesn't really have to do anything to get it. It's just like it's just over there, isn't it? Yeah, just, just go <laughs> and pick it, it up. It felt like there was like another sequence where he had to go through some sort of trial or tribulation to acquire said armor. But he's like, that's nah, over there. Yeah. <laughs> when you do, oh, this world we do get to see, see that we've been introduced to Una, which is like a little uh, at this point um, floating dot of light fairy. Yeah. Um, and she reveals her true self to to Jack. That she can get big. She can get big and be a, be a girl in a leotard. Uh, and she's got she's got the house for Jackie boy. She's like she wants some of that wooden me. Obviously he's you know he's a hockey monarchy. He's got princesses touching up unicorns and he's got uh, fairy light small children girls uh, in leotards also with a thirst for Forest Boy Jack. Yeah. If only he could work the magic three way. <laughs> Maybe this, this is what his plan was all along. It was like it was a lot. You want for you want me. You one girl wants me. The other one's really hot about magic. I've got a, another girl that is magic. Oh, I could work that. It's an angle. Um, we also um, in the cave of wonder. Do we think a good chunk of the budget of the film went on all the glitter? Because <laughs> there's Again, so yeah. much glitter. Almost every character in the film is covered in glitter. Exactly, because again, it goes from this this constant need to fill the screen, and make it full of shit, and be busy. So you've gone from like the, the outside effects. Now everything is covered in like shiny glitter and light shine on. So like the whole screen is like a yeah. Christmas tree and lit the fuck up. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of glitter. Everyone is is smothered. So we then realise that Lily's followed the um, or gone in the same direction of the as the goblins and sort of witnesses them playing around with the unicorn horn doing yeah, some magic. So they, they have, they've got the horn, they've got the massive horn uh, and are, are ready to play. <laughs> um, um, so they're playing around with it. Obviously the lead, um, lead one is fucking around Blix. with it. Yeah. Keith Richards, Blicks. And at this point, you've also got the weird one that's got like a deep diver's helmet on. Yes. Which, yeah, for no reason, one. it's really weird, although it's revealed later on. But exactly. at this point, there's no reason for it. And you're like, what the, the fuck the, is that? Well, uh, you yeah, know, to, to point out, like, uh, another of those kind of little factoids, the, the guy who is the guy wearing, you know, wearing the helmet uh, plays the dwarf in the Narnia films. Uh, of course he does. Um, Typecast. Also, he, he was also in Lord of the Rings. Um and then you also have the, the 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 other out of the three goblins. The other one is played by the guy who played Gwildor in Masters of the Universe. Oh. <laughs> as you uh, you recognize as soon as you hear him speak later on, you're like, I was like, I think Gwildor. Never has a film filled with me such disappointment as Masters of the Universe. I saw that in the cinema. <laughs> yeah. That <laughs> that's that's it, it, it still holds that special nostalgic place in my heart, but it is awful. <laughs> but we digress. Yeah. So obviously the goblins are testing out their, their newly found magical powers. Yeah. At which point darkness appears and basically says, stop fucking around my thing. This is mine. <laughs> get your hands on my horn. Yeah. Get um, your hands. 
one of them is like, you know, screw you, we, you know, we, 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 we wanted the horn. So he, he then, um, <laughs> I thought it was quite, you know, at this point, uh, a quite a good death scene of, I'm going to reanimate a zombie, and he's going to give you a hug, and then I'm going to make him uh, jump into the void. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's quite brutal. <laughs> yeah. Move to the weird bit of them going through, um, Tom, Tom Cruise's character, uh, Jack, making moving their way through the swamp. Now that he's got his, his shiny armor, yeah, he, he's, he's, he's good his, to go. His shiny sword. Um, so they start making their way through the swamp and bumps into this. Well, she, they haven't even. She's a hag, isn't she? She's a, a hag. He's just a, a swamp donkey swamp. hag. <laughs> like if you got like uh, you remember like a uh, top trading cards. Yeah, uh, you should say there used to be a fantasy deck, and I'm pretty sure Swamp Hag was one of them, and that was pretty much that exact same picture of what this character. Could you like. imagine being her agent? I found this perfect role for you. Again, it's not a bloke. She, it's a bloke. Played by it? he, Robert Picardo. <laughs> That's even Hag. worse, isn't it? I think. I think it's called uh, possibly called Meg as yeah, well. Yeah, Meg Mucklebones. There you go. Make muckle bones, the swamp hag. Um, and tell you what you do get in this thing. So you, you, she, they are accosted as they were trying to traverse the swamp by making muckle bones. Um, the way out of this is for Jack, or aka Tom Cruise, turn on a bit of the old cruiser charm. Oh yeah, uh, and he's <laughs> um, you're beautiful. You're you're lovely. You're, you're exactly. He lies. The old, the old cruiser charm will get you everywhere because he's gonna go. Oh, you're so pretty, uh, and I can't off his <laughs> Yeah, basically decapitates her. Quite lies to her, decapitates her. It's like the uh, series one of Love Island, isn't it? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> like standard Tom Cruise behaviour here. Yeah. Um, so they then start making their way to the castle. Um, yeah, and. Interesting castle design that you can fall accidentally into the underground prison. Yeah, good. And it's like it felt like uh, we can't be asked to do with like a whole thing to get the where they need to go. Let's just have them fall down a hole and be where they need to go. But yes, yeah. and need to get out of yeah you know, a certain situation. Yeah, um, but it's sort of a weird one. It's sort of an underground prison, but it seems like a sort of weird kitcheny thing. It does seem more it like, the, like the they're sort of, rather than the prison. Yeah, it's a bit <laughs> weird. Uh, they've got a guy in the same cell called Blunder. Yes. Who, uh, who then re- as it turns out, is our little goblin friend from earlier, Sam's yep. helmet. And he gets dragged away to be put in a pie by one by a big ogre <laughs> thing. He does. He does. So, it seems weird. Um our little fairy friend, who's no um, Kylie absent fairy, but not a bad fairy. Basically, they sort of beg her to go and help them, and she she does. She flies out, makes herself big, cheese keys. Um, is, is a bit annoyed, but only, is. but she will only do it in return for a kiss from from our main man, from yeah. Jack. Again, you, know, you, me too. You can't do that shit. You know, forcing uh, sexual favors out of someone for for to save their lives. Yeah, it's not. On. Um, and she tries to tempt him by turning into Lily. Yes, but he's uh, wise enough to know this is just magic. She's she's not got a Jack doesn't have as much as a hard on for magic as Lily because he's like nah, it's yeah. not real. It's just an illusion. And it, uh, and then she's just basically like, well, it's your fucking fault we're in this situation anyway. She just we kind of um. But then she sort of begrudgingly just does it anyway. Yeah, 
because you know plot needs to move on and shit. Yeah. Um, so we see a few. But we is it? Are we at the point where we're finally introduced to uh, darkness? Well, before that, you, you get a little um, bit of voiceover uh, of darkness talking to his, talking to Dad. So is it, even what from what he looks like, you, you would have thought that uh, darkness is the devil, but it turns out it's more like the devil's little boy, and he's having a little conversation, which basically boils down to like. I've you know because we, we, we kind of skip past the fact that um, uh, the goblins capture both the other unicorn and uh, and Lily. Yes, yes. So they, they have been they've been caught by the goblins, uh, and Darkness is kind of having a conversation with old Dad, and he's like, basically, I've got the other unicorn, and we're going to get it done, but I really want to bang the princess. Yeah. <laughs> And he's like, fine, uh, bang the princess. So that's that, what we get. How, how was your day? I touched up a unicorn and killed it and then banged the devil. Uh, <laughs> you know, party princess Lily. Um, so um, then we cut to Lily. Essentially, uh, she's in and amongst you know, the, the grounds of wherever this is yeah. uh, as the prisoner. Um, and we get our, our full introduction to darkness well, first, there's like a weird montage there <laughs> of her. You know, she see, she's, she's walking around. She sees all the, you know, the stuff around the, this sort of castle like, yeah. uh, environment. Uh, one of which is a uh, spooky dress. Yeah, a, a spooky sp- mannequin. A spooky dress. There's tables of bling. There's loads of jewelry and gold. Because like, like, sh- he knows girls love shiny things. It's, it's they do love shiny things. Shiny, true fact. Um, um, uh, and... It's really building up this big reveal because the amount of time we've heard from um, Lord of Darkness, but not actually seen him, they're building it up and building it up that yeah. it's going to be something big. And then we get a dancing scene with the Lord of Darkness and Lily, which is all a bit weird. Yeah, you, you get like a whole you know mannequin comes to life dancing with her, uh, and then it, it, this, I thought it was quite good in terms of you know she's being seduced as only by this, this this mannequin dress thing. And then yeah. before you know it, she's actually wearing the dress and has like some nice fancy makeup um, and is dancing around, catches you know, herself in the mirror. Do you know kind of like, oh, I'm going no. I'm gonna let you into a bit of my psyche here. I think yeah. it's quite hot when they take someone who's like nice and innocent and make them sort of dark and evil in films. <laughs> quite like it. A, an unwanted window into your psyche. <laughs> That's true. True um, that. <laughs> I've got. Then, oh hell yeah, she's going turning bag bad. She, I like she this. She turned into a, a, a sexy little dark mix. Yeah. Um, but she catches herself in the mirror. She's like, "Oh, someone owned my eyeshadow. What's happening?" Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's where we get our. This at the one hour mark. Given this is like what a ninety minute film. Yeah. Um, so we're an hour in, and we get our reveal of, of darkness uh, in person. In a rather snazzy, he comes through the mirror, uh, yeah. and you get the full-on face reveal of this huge red horn devil with horns bigger than you know, bigger than his entire body on either side of his head. Yeah, uh, it's an amazing, amazing introduction and an amazing character design. I absolutely love it. It is and the best he- thing about this film. And he also does a sort of a James Bond style villain giveaway at this point, where he alludes to the fact that the only thing that can stop him is is light, is daylight, can be destroyed. 
yes, again, we need to get plots, plot things going. So he's like, yes, I am, I, I am one witness. Daylight. Yeah. Like, and, you know, crews, oh, so they escape, the, the old cruiser happens to be listening to this whole conversation, which is always happening. Yeah. So he's like, oh, let's go and find all the shiny things we can in the yeah. whole castle. But do you not find that the, the, the film was, the film is a, it's a decent little sort of a fairy tale, little uh, fantasy action thing. Um, but as soon as darkness appears on screen, the, the level of the film goes up several notches. Like yeah, does, yeah. The, the film is raised, you know, drastically impacted by his presence and it does really up itself when he's on screen. One of the key things that I thought the film was lacking, that it seems such a waste to not have him feature more. Yeah, I mean, I, I get, like, the review. The review works so well that you can't, yeah. like, is it worth it just to have you know, this, this long build-up of this review? But, again, you know, if the original intention was this film to be a bit more fleshed out and longer, uh, does he feature more in the uh, in, in the longer cut? Yeah, yeah. So, obviously... He, um, Jack and his little uh, little friends um, overhear that, and they start planning. So they, what they're going to do is they're going to re- they're going to start reflecting light from that. So they go to find somewhere where there's light. They find sort of a random section of the castle where there's a bit of light shining down from the sky, and yeah. just basically get everything metal or shiny they can find and just chuck it to each other, making loads of fucking noise. But, you know, because they they go back to the kitchen, they get like massive like dishes or plates, don't they? Yeah. Um, and we've already seen uh, the, the the kitchen, the chefs, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> these these massive ogre guys. Um, I think also for for a Lord of Darkness, it's a very understaffed castle. He does, yeah. It, he's like what, what four goblins and two ogres. Yeah, it's just. I mean, it, the more and more you see, it's like because you you know you, with the conversation where you, you realize he's talking to his dad, he's like he's like he might have had like about like. Dad may have like fifty other kids, and he's like, like the poor son. He's like, <laughs> he's like, you're not even called the devil, mate. You're called darkness, or whatever. Uh, and you're like the poor relative, and you you get the shit castle that has, you yeah. know, that easily obtained to get into, and you get three goblins and smokers, and that's it. And for some reason, you can think that you can at least cook one of them. Um, another key bit of the film that comes to light at this point that I, I don't know how I hadn't really picked up and or noticed all the way through is. Why is um, Jack or Tom Cruise's character not wearing cha- trousers? <laughs> he's wearing chainmail, but only yeah. to his waist. He's got, and he's still just got his little weird pants yeah. and. Yeah, because he is just a woodland boy. But that's a really to... weird look because you just fucking stab him in the leg and he's done. If, if you're, if, if you, if you know anything about um, mystical woodland boys, you know that they like to freeball it. So um, <laughs> <laughs> it is essential for uh, for you to get the the air betwixt your knees, yeah, um, to keep things going. Uh, so um, the story sort of progresses. But you get sort of almost a montage of them lining up all the metal things, yeah, with the the little guys chucking each other the all the stuff and then making yeah, lots of fucking noise. Dwarf helpers, yeah, uh, and they they kind of like give one like the missions go all the way up. Because they work out because they've they've got that's why essentially you just I've just realised why the why it is set in a kitchen with the dungeon because they need to have a, a chimp all the shiny kitchen. stuff yeah they, yeah they need to go they, they've got a fire and the fire needs a chimney so that means it goes all the way to the top and gets to, so we can go all the way up there and direct yeah. the sunlight down the chimney using all this that's just I'm pretty like that. sure <laughs> that 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 reflection doesn't work that well. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a bit like... Um, no, I could shine my watch you know, on a sunny day and make people squint a bit if I shine yeah. it into their eyes. I don't think I can reflect it like 500 metres. Yeah. I mean... It, but, I it, it, but, you know, this film's got fucking was, unicorn's horns a... being removed and added back on at some point. So... Yeah. And, and unless the film, The Mummy Has Lied to Me, they also use this method in ancient Egypt to light up a lot of shit. So... <laughs> <laughs> um, so we we get back to the law of darkness and with our lovely lady and yes. and she's then offered to kill the unicorns well, yeah he, he basically darkness is um he's cracking on the moves on our, on our, yeah. our living here uh and he, and gets, he, he because he's, he's a weird sort of like he is just like flirting it's like yeah <laughs> really surely and, you know, I can and, you so and when she offers to kill the unicorn he almost like jizzes, like he gives up. Oh, like, he, he, <laughs> he's sort of like proper. But, and there's a, an interesting. I don't know if you would. You probably wouldn't have picked up on this bit. But um, when he offers, when she offers to kill the unicorn, when they're going through that whole phase, and obviously, um, you've got the is she bad, isn't she bad bit with um, yes. Jack and the goblins uh, and the the little people, Gump, Gump um, aiming the bow at because they're like gonna just gonna kill her, aren't they? And he's like, no. Yeah, trust her. like fucking kill her, Jack. Kill her. She's she's, she's like, no, 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 no. She's good. Uh, but you know, Jackie boy never never loses face. Maybe yeah. because he wants to get laid. Maybe because he's a good person. So you got the back and forth with the is she gonna kill the unicorn or not? Um, and at this point, the devil um, says a few things. Did you pick up on what he says? Do you mean what darkness or? Yeah, darkness. Sorry, not the devil. Yeah, darkness. So did you pick up on what he says? Yeah, so he gives pretty much a um, a word for word quote of Genesis from the Bible, okay. but changes it to make it dark. So that he said, "Oh, yeah." If you look at if you read the script of what he actually says, it's pretty yeah. much Genesis one from the Bible, word for word, except from he changes it to make it instead of um, there was when there was light, the, the then there was dark. And so he changes it to make it like a the devil's version of how of Genesis uh, yeah. and how the world was created. It's really interesting. It's a good little quote. Yeah, there, there is there are so many good ideas, and I I can I, I can like completely tell that they're what like Ridley Scott had envisaged in his head. Isn't yeah. isn't really what came out on screen, but there are so there's a lot of good ideas there. And it could have, it could be, the, this is a, like a, like a progenitor, we always said like the Zelda games, but essentially the, the big fantasy epics that we now get, they owes you know, a debt to a film like Legend. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I'd go with that. So, um, so it's just all about to happen. We get a lot, you know, while they're collecting their, um, their dishes, and they're, when they're collecting their dishes for their, their little sunlight machine, um, you get a lot more of uh, the now trademark cruise flips. Cruise flips, uh, yeah. In his early films, before he'd really settled on what his thing was going to be, uh, which we, you know, eventually would be running. At this point, he's like, maybe I'm the flip guy because he was doing some flips, and he's done flips in the last four films, <laughs> mostly with no real point or purpose. Uh, you know, we're looking at you at the um, uh, risky business, and also. Uh, all the right moves, and also, <laughs> oh, or was the other one where he did lots of flips for no reason? The um, not the outside, yeah, the outsiders, 
yeah, yeah. All, all flips, uh, all no real powers. But in this, he does some flips because he is trying to escape being over people. So at least he was like flipping with some consistency. Um, but then, yes, we get to the denouement, the, the big end sequence. Uh, it's time to sacrifice as some unicorn and create eternal darkness forever. Um, how's that going? It's a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure. And, and the fact that the, the, the light has a power to open a door. Like blow literally blow a door open. I'm pretty sure that's not how fragmentation works. <laughs> you know, like, I do only have Jesus. <laughs> well, I should use a bit of light to blow, smash their back door open, mate. <laughs> oh, wait, what you do? A little fucking candle. Blew her out. I was hoping... I was hoping that the Lord of Darkness would have some kind of better demise than that, really. Yeah, I mean... He has a little bit of a fight with Jack. But it, not... he's on, yeah, he's... Yeah, I'm getting... I, I, do, I do remember within, like, sort of the facts that he... Um, that Tim Curry, they had to redesign parts of it because the, the, the headpiece was so heavy that he was getting, basically got uh, his neck damaged, sort of like, almost like compressed his spine. Yeah. So they had to sort of redesign it and he couldn't wear it for too long. So they, they do have a, a nice sequence where, like... Uh, Essentially, it's, which I'm glad they did because, you know, with Hornzo's big, he uh, he runs at Tom Cruise. He runs like Bull. He's <laughs> like, Rrr! and does the full on. Because, he's, he's, you know, he's, he's also cloven footed with these massive horns and yeah. then, like, just absolutely charges at him uh, and, you know, traps Cruise against the wall between, you know, his, uh, his horns and his big old, big old chin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which, again, I, again, it is, you look at it now and it is quite hokey and it is. Uh, you know, the effects don't necessarily hold up, but just, it still looks impressive to me because of yeah. the achievement. Of no, no, it was. It, I, I I enjoy it. I I there's a couple of bits towards the end that I thought were a bit weird, um, but it's sort of they don't explain it enough. I know these sort of films you've, you've got a lot left to the imagination, but yeah, and it, it, like it, it, I had I I was a little bit confused of whether so obviously he um, severs the hand of. Evil. Well, yeah, because uh, you know, to, to the actual what the actual plot happens. So you've got Lily who's doing yeah, raising the um, the knife to, to kill the unicorn. Yeah. Uh, Jack with his arrows, ready to shoot. Uh, essentially, to shoot Lily to stop her from yeah uh, murdering the unicorn. Gump going, get her, get her, go on, fucking kill her. She's down. Go on, get her, get her. Yeah, like, yeah. nah, nah. So and but you know, he turns at the last moment. Jack shoots darkness. Uh, and no, oh, sorry, before that happens, Lily sets the unicorn free. Unicorn, she strikes the chain and sets the unicorn free. Because uh, Jack was right all along, Lily was not bad. And then he shoots um, Darkness with an arrow and they have a bit of a tussle. Yeah. Which, again, it is the, the entire film all along, but especially in the, in the end sequence, along with the sound design and the editing, it's very erratic. It's yeah, it just, it just seems that you build up for this key moment. And it sort of just happens. It happens really quickly. Yeah, it's like <laughs> sort of yeah, like I mean, many like many things in life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it just seems. And then you've got the whole sort of weird thing of obviously they um, free the alicorn, I believe it's called the horn of a the unicorn. Alicorn, yeah, the alicorn is the the name of a unicorn's horn. If you didn't know, if you didn't and, know but, uh, but they return the horn. This the horn. 
and it just brings him back to life and regrows on his head. Well, it's, it, but I didn't really understand like that because you don't see it. There's not some kind of you like you. I would have preferred a big moment where they sort of present it to the unicorn. Yeah, and well, some they, kind of weird like, magic shit happens, and it just grows its horn back. Yeah, because well, it's it almost feels like they do the thing where because the way it's cut together, so we have the you know, darkness gets you know the light comes through and he gets like blown into the void. He has yeah, whine about it to his dad, um, but it almost feels like them doing that hits like some sort of reset button because then then it goes back to Jack diving into the lake, and it almost feels like them doing that has stop those events from actually happening so they didn't reattach the horn it's like it just never got cut off in the first place is the way i would do it well interestingly in the director's cut that's the ending you get so in the director's cut lily wakes with jack so you get that bit and then lily wakes with jack jack trying to convince her it was just a dream but she doesn't believe him yes i did read that and then they confess their true love and realize they live in different lives they live in different worlds and decide to just be friends Whereas this, we get them suddenly, you know, Jack is back in the lake, finding the ring. Uh, yeah. And then they wave happily ever after and they see everyone comes to, go yeah. up to the hill and wakes them away. And he goes, oh, that's nice. And yeah. then the credits roll. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think one of the main things that does detract this film is it does feel like it's been hacked up. Oh no! Wonder the American one's shit. Have you heard the? Have you read the American ending? In the American ending, they assure each other each other's love, and watch watch the unicorns, and then run off into the sunset together, while darkness watches them laughing from the void. Yes, I did hear that. That bit. sounds a bit shit. Yeah, it's just thing that you know that he is going to come back for the sequel, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. There yeah, was never going to be a sequel for this. No. So, so was this one a cruise liner or a bin liner? For me, it is a cruise liner because I do, I, I do enjoy it, and I do. Have, I think just on, purely on the the makeup of, of Tim Curry's darkness and his his part of the film, I think it it gets a it gets an easy pass, and it is. It, enjoy a bit of dark 80s kids i'll put it out there fantasy. this is the one i've enjoyed most so far yeah it's I probably mean, the only it, one so far as well that i'd probably watch again yeah yeah i mean given how uh boring and shit all the right moves was how disappointing risky business was uh how actually strangely uh enjoyable losing it was given how terrible it was <laughs> <laughs> but as i just say a a entertaining uh, piece of popcorn entertainment. Um, yeah, it's good. I, I, like I say, I have seen this several times when I was growing up. It was one of those and I, if it was on, you would watch it. Hundred percent. I mean, it's to me it, like it's an interesting. It, it has like that eighties pop. It's like an eighties pop version of the Brothers Grimm, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like dark, like really good character designs. Only chaotic in places, um, but you know, you can see it's been edited to an inch of his life. <laughs> a lot of attention um, to detail in it as well. Like, yeah, I mean, like as we said, there's a lot going on in every scene, yeah. sometimes too much, but yes. it does give you that sort of fantasy feel that you don't always get in certain films. Yeah, like it is very different. Like, you could, even if you were to watch it without understanding any the language. You'd be able to pick up that it's a very different 
film to, to lots of other things. Yeah, I, you, you can understand why it is a, a cult hit and why, you know, certain people and probably more people who saw this when they were kids do have that, that sort of reverence. I th- but I think it's one of these films that hasn't got any standout moments. But it, no, as, a, no, as a as a piece well. as a as an entire film, it's entertaining. So it's the sort of thing like if I saw a trailer for it, I think meh. Yeah. But if it just came on and I just happened to be in front of the telly, I'd watch it and be like, oh, "That was really good." Whereas yeah. I don't think if I saw a trailer, I'd be like, "Oh, I've got to watch that." I did watch. The, you can watch the trailer uh, on uh, Amazon Prime, uh, <laughs> and he, I always forget. Uh, how bad trailers were in the 80s because oh were, yeah <laughs> it's, it's it's terrible uh i just like hacked together worsely uh worsely uh even worse editing than the uh the, the final film oh i can it? i can just um, imagine so i recommend watching that with like some really heavy voiceover and not really making much sense before obviously before we go um what is what will uh next episode be uh, episode seven what possible possible film could there could this be what 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 tops the list of possible oh, I, I, things I, I, that we might be gunning for? Is it Top Gun next? <laughs> oh, it is Top ba, Gun next. Ba, ba, and ba, ba, ba. as we head out of 1985 and into 1986, which is days. which is a fantastic year for many reasons, mainly because it was the year I was born, um, <laughs> and the year that Alex Ferguson became manager of Man United. So two and, fantastic mostly, things happened in one year. And Mostly Top Gun came out because it was the film. Uh, it was the year that uh, that Top Gun was released to, upon the world, and Tom Cruise went from that guy who's been good in a few things to megastar Thomas Cruise. And Top it means that we are gun. on a run of back-to-back decent films for a while now. Yes, uh, this will this will be the start of a a, a good run of actual. Like yeah, I'll give not that Tom Cruise, uh, Top Gun, well, that isn't a great film because it is. Uh, but there's a, then a run of actual really good films. That, Top uh, Top Gun, Color of Money, Cocktail, and Rain Man. Okay, apart from Cocktail, <laughs> <laughs> I love Cocktail, but it is shit. <laughs> but yes, Top Gun is next. Uh, uh, the, Rain the, Rain Man's a great film. Rain Man's a great film. I'd yeah, give absolutely. it a 9.8888888 out of ten. Yes. So, if you've liked this one, people, um, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever you listen to us on. Um, if you have any opinions on these um, these amazing films, specifically Legend, uh, let us know. If there's anything you want us to include going forward, just give me a. Just let us know. We'll, we'll we'll take it on board and probably ignore it, but let us know anyway. But yeah, feel free to hit us up on the real on Real Booze Cruise on Twitter. Um, yeah. we're always available on that but yeah get downloading get listening go but if you haven't listened to all of our previous episodes give them a go they're all equally uh, brilliant and I suggest in, in preparation at some point for the next uh, episode uh, have a watch of, of Top Gun I, I, you know I will say that there is a possibility uh, that we may have a our, our first uh, guest I, I, I think that's that goes for it's definitely happening I think we're yes, definitely going to have um, a special guest for, for that you know, when, when, when this was uh, you know, put out into the ether that we were making this sort of thing, the, the most requested one was like, oh, can I, yeah, can I, can I do one? It's like, which one do we do? Top Gun. I want to do Top Gun. Everyone wants a bit of Top Gun. I think, uh, they, yeah, they do. And I, I have a, a, a guest who is chomping at the bit to uh, extol the virtues of this most 
homoerotic of 80s films. Uh, I think, and um, with no further ado, I think we've played the show out to uh, Whitney Houston now. I think that's, that's all that's left to be done. <laughs> it's all that needs to be done.